With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to another edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchi, and my co-host is Brian Johnson. It is I. How's it going, Charchi? It, it, it be you. Uh, it's going great. Thank you very much. It's another opportunity to go through the various divisions of the NFL and really project what we expect to happen this year. We're not replaying last year. You already know what happened last year. We're going to tell you what we think is going to happen this season, what's different. And specifically, at the end of each each team-by-team team breakdown, we will talk about the riskiest player at his current ADP and the player with the most upside compared to ADP. So that's coming up. Let's do it. Yeah, Uh, but first, hey, you might want to play in a guillotine league. We think it's a fantastic format. 18 teams start the season. No head-to-head. Every week, the lowest-scoring team goes to the waiver wire, and that team's entire roster goes to free agency where pandemonium ensues. It's week one, and a whole roster of players hits the waiver wire. Do you spend a bunch of money on... Aaron Jones has a bad week one, for example. Do you spend a bunch of money on Aaron Jones knowing you could start him the rest of the year, or do you wait and hope you don't get chopped and save that money for later? On a scale from 1 to 10, let's put it this way, how much weight do you put into the week one matchup in your early round picks? Primarily first, second, third round. Me, I'm like a a 7 out of 10. I put weight on it. Weight on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, On the premium... Guillotine League cheat sheet that oh. we offer on the site. We show you the the Vegas implied total points for each team through the first three weeks of the season. So if you want to make sure that your players do well, uh, we encourage you to check that out. I believe I will have that posted. I'm o- almost got that sheet ready. It's so filled with data. It just takes time. So robust. And and tip of the hat to our uh, our our super intern, Tyler, who's done a very good job helping me fill data on this. Um, yeah, so that's coming early next week, I believe. Sweet. GuillotineLeagues.com, and also check out Super Chop, our new high-stakes format for Guillotine Leagues as well. Super Chop at GuillotineLeagues.com. Let's start with Houston, Brian. If we must. Yeah, let's just get out of the way. <laughs> that was my thinking was, you know... 
there's not a lot of fantasy relevance on this team that could easily have the worst record in the NFL. And, you know, we're all operating under the assumption that the weight of 22 class action lawsuits against uh, um, Deshaun Watson is going to be enough to torpedo his season. That's the way it seems, but he's I'm not going to say out of the woods. He's not in the woods. Either way, he might play this year. He there, might there play. There is a scenario, right? So there's might no criminal charges. Right now, there's no criminal charges against him. Now, the NFL doesn't have to care about that, mm-hmm. but I certainly think that, that that works in his favor. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Deshaun Watson in the, in the passing game with or without him in a second. Just real quick, the Texans do have a new head coach in David Culley. Yep. He was the passing coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens. We had another passing coordinator head coach, who we, uh, new head coach, or at least new OC, who we talked about. Last week, I think he was on. Doesn't matter. I've seen a lot of passing coordinators getting yeah, promoted. Well, it's passing out, passing. I never league. knew a passing coordinator was a thing. I just yeah. thought that would fall under the offensive coordinator. But uh, new head coach uh, in David Culley. Uh, last year, the Texans were very pass heavy. Uh, they passed the ball more than sixty three percent of the time. They had oh, the third highest clip in the league, meaning they they ran the ball uh, the, the third fewest amount of times. They were thirtieth in the league. So a pass heavy offense probably going to lean that way this year, but. Who's going to be the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Probably not Deshaun Watson. Probably not. But could be. Then there's Tarod Taylor. Yep. Of course. That's my uh, guess is your week one starter. He'll be, he, he'll be the week one starter, but they like Davis Mills, and we like Davis Mills here. Uh, rookie, yeah. rookie out of Stanford, uh, third-round pick. Um, but with just the 11 college starts, right. the presumption was that Mills would spend his first year on the bench. I like him. I like his prospects long-term, but I think the best thing for Davis Mills, assuming – unless it turns out he's even better than I think he can be, uh, is for him to spend as much time as possible on the bench. I don't, I don't even want to see him until November, maybe. Well, well Tarad deserves this week one start if Watson is uh, disciplined and yeah. suspended or whatever. So we'll go under the assumption Tarad is the quarterback. Um, looking at the wide receivers, Brandon Cooks is the only wide receiver I want any part of uh, on this team. The That's, other ones you're bad. looking at are rookie Nico Collins. Then you got Randall Cobb and Kiki Cutie. Sharing yeah. slot duties, not interested there. But Cooks, I, I don't mind him at wide receiver thirty-eight right now. That's yeah. a, that's a pretty good price for Cooks, and they're going to throw for a ton. behind a lot. Yeah, they're going to throw a ton, <laughs> and, and Cooks didn't score a ton of touchdowns last year. I, I believe he had at least five or six, but he was top twenty in catches, top ten in yards among wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So no reason he can't repeat those numbers in a other pass than the off, quarterback, down other than the quarterback or significant or injury, of course. But uh, I think he'll see the volume to certainly be a, a viable wide receiver three with. Potential wide receiver two upside. He's still a very good player, just on a very bad team. And now to the running backs real quick. Oh. I mean, do we even want to? It's a mess. Uh, Houston is hoarding fading stars. <laughs> yes. David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram. And if that wasn't enough, then they went out and signed Rex Burkhead <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> a, a major head scratcher, a major yeah. bald head scratcher. Um the line is decent in Houston. They were ranked 20th by uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, ranked 20th going into this season. Laramie mm-hmm. Tunsil, a big-name left tackle. He's a far better pass protector than run blocker, though. I don't know. You basically don't want to touch this backfield with a 10-foot Not ball. at all. Not at all. And, so, and for that reason... I think over the course of the season, there will be 8 to 10 rushing touchdowns to be had. And the, you know the problem is you're going to be divvying up, let's call it nine uh, rushing touchdowns, three different ways, and then they're each good for like three touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> good luck guessing in any given game if this is a David Johnson touchdown game or 
a Philip Lindsay or a Mark Ingram, and I just don't think you're going to know. You're not going to know most of the, most of the time what's coming. Not at all. And for that reason, David Johnson, my riskiest player based on ADP. He's not expensive by any means. He's RB thirty seven right now. And if I I had to have a, a if I had to have a Houston running back. Yeah. On my roster, it would be David Johnson. But the beauty is you don't have to have a Houston running back make you. <laughs> on your roster. And looking at RB37 right now and guys going after him. So if I'm, I'm on the clock and I'm contemplating David Johnson. Yeah. I'm taking – I'll put him in order. My preference is Zach Moss, Tony Pollard, Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, all going after David yeah, Johnson. I take all, day, all those guys. All day, every day. So David yep. Johnson, biggest risk with very minimal upside uh, with that crowded uh, running back room. And upside – Try to find an upside yeah, player. Right now, this is not easy. It's Deshaun Watson. You get him at quarterback nineteen right now. And Honestly, nineteen feels high. It, it, I mean, it, quarterback, quarterback is very deep, but it is at nineteen. I can still get a good starting quarterback. But if I told you right now, you I give you Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson. Who, Wentz, and I, I I'm not going to fault anyone who doesn't want. The yeah. toxic, toxicity of Deshaun Watson on their fantasy team. I'm not going to even go more there. just moral ground aside. Even if Watson say starts the season, man, I'd be on pins and needles every week. Like, is this the week the NFL suspends him? Is this the week the NFL yeah. suspends him? But you get him QB 19. That's the the tail end of your draft. You 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 can always drop him and add another that's, another that's player. Fair. So that's fair. Uh, you, you know you know, you know what? you've kind of convinced me. You're right at QB 19. It's 14th round. Yeah, I mean, it's Tua is going right after him, and, and we, we, Tua's. I can pick up Tua. He's later. not a dead cat or anything like that. Then it's Justin Fields, David Jones. I mean, Deshaun Watson plays. We're not going to talk about his off the field stuff, but uh, there's certainly upside there because yeah. uh, he uh, had the most well, twenty yard completions of, among all quarterbacks last year. He's top five quarterback. Well, okay, but okay, but let's factor this in as well. He won't play for the Texans. He doesn't want to play. Remember this whole thing before all of the criminal charges all started. Remember. He wanted to leave the team. So, yeah. you know, not only do I need him to not be suspended, I have to I have to have him decide he's willing to play for the Texans. And that might not happen either. So, you know, that's the double whammy on him that, that worries me. Now, that's not to say that Watson somehow doesn't find himself on another team. Right. I mean, it'd take balls of steel to have some other team, let's say Denver, where everybody wants Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm. to go. General Manager George Payton would have to say, I'm willing to take the heat on bringing in a guy with 22 sexual assault charges against him. Well, accusations against him, not charges. Um, I'm willing to take the the heat that I'm going to get because I want Watson. And I, I don't think there's a GM who will do that, but it's not Why, why doesn't Green Bay and Houston just do a clean swap? Because Green they, Bay, Green Bay doesn't want risk. that either. But Rodgers doesn't want to play for them. He's 35... 36 years old. Like, okay, look, if it weren't And they're for not the, in the same conference, so they're not going to be uh, sure. crossing each other's lines. In I, that just think, I just think Brian, Brian Gutekunst has got enough problems. Adding in 22 sexual assault accusations is probably not something that he wants to bring on himself. Probably not. Let's turn our attention to a more, much more interesting team, the Indianapolis Colts. There was a change at offensive coordinator, uh, quarterback's coach, last year's quarterback's coach, Marcus Eberflus is now taking over for Nick Sarani, who got the Eagles job. But Frank Wright is the mastermind of this offense and likely very little changes uh, schematically. Last year, the Colts were a slightly run-heavy team, finishing ninth in run percentage. And why not? Their best, their best 
skill position player is Jonathan Taylor. So let's start with him. After a quiet first 10 games last year, Taylor went on an epic league-winning run from weeks uh, 11 forward. His average line in those games from week 11 forward, 20 carries, 117 yards, 5.9 yards per carry, and 1.1 touchdowns per game. Absolute stud. Yeah, that is that is rock star territory for Jonathan Taylor. They also won five of those seven games, which I mentioned because I, I think it's really important because when you win five of seven by and you gave the ball to Jonathan Taylor 20 times, that be, creates a mandate for this year to keep giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um, Frank Reich, however, has a long history of running back by committee, and I'm not totally sold that Taylor's going to be 20 carries every game or even just the workhorse back every game because Reich's got that long history of not of not going that way. And we've still got Naheem Hines, mm-hmm. Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins, and everybody listening knows those guys pop up for big games with disturbing regularity, and you can't see them coming. So I still think there's just a little bit of danger with Jonathan Taylor that people aren't really thinking about at his current ADP, which is the middle of the first round. Yep. So I people think, are taking the leap, taking him over Saquon and uh Oh, for sure. And certainly Zeke and uh Well um, and I would too actually I think two, I would but, as well, but there is inherent risk, like you're saying, yep. because of this uh Frank Reich situation. His current ADP is running back eight, uh going mid to late round one. And I you know it does make sense. I don't have a problem with him going there. Uh, but man, I just I did, again, you know if you're if it's pick, I don't know nine ten. I still want I want to work horse back there. I don't want to. I, I'm just I'm nervous about the the possible timeshare because that's who's Frank Reich spent. All right, let's go to the passing game. Carson Wentz prime for a bounce back season. I think he's an excellent candidate to win comeback player of the year. He will play behind a better offensive line than Philly's always injured version. Wentz handled pressure badly last year and made a lot of bad decisions under pressure where he looked terrible. His swagger was completely shot. He, it, you know, everything unraveled badly. The offensive line is better, uh, although Anthony Costanzo retired and they brought in Eric Fisher to fill in for him. That should be okay. But Pro Football Focus ranks the Colts' offensive line as number two in the NFL. So Wentz is going to have time to set up. And that part is encouraging and also encouraging the fact that he's reunited with Frank Reich, who was in Philadelphia for Wentz's best years. Mm -hmm. He's got good receivers. He's got capable tight ends. He's got pass-catching backs. He's an ideal second quarterback for your roster with quarterback one upside. His ADP right now is quarterback 20 in the 13th round. Um. Quarterback the, is so deep this year. Quarterback is so deep. Like, and I think the Wentz deepest is it's ever been. Yeah, I think it is the deepest it's ever been. Let's talk about the wide receivers. I'm just done on T.Y. Hilton. And apparently you are too because his, AD, Wilton. his, his ADP has slumped down to wide receiver 51, Brian. Ugh. 51. That's round 11. Um, last year, he led the team in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. And nobody wants to touch him. Um, still... All those numbers I mentioned, you know, targets, receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. He led the team, but he only had 56 catches for 750 yards and five touchdowns. 
his he was so cheap week in and week out. DraftKings, you're you're yeah. thinking DraftKings right man, now. Man, he 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 burned me week in and week. I could not help myself. I'm like, okay, I got to keep going back to the well because if I don't, I know he's. But he never did. I think no. he had one good game that I can recall. He finished as wide receiver 41 last year, and so his ADP is wide receiver 51. That's actually a probably makes sense for where T.Y. Hilton is in his career arc right now. Because of the return of? Uh, Paris Campbell? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about Paris yeah, Campbell. Sorry if I made you jump ahead in your no, notes No, it's okay. There, but, uh, That's fine. I love Paris Campbell, yeah, and I'm too. like the only guy. That, no, you know, I, I'm with you. Me, you, Sigmund Bloom, I think, are the only three that like him. Uh, he's a wild card, and I think he'll open the season as their slot receiver. He was a second-round draft pick three years ago and has been hobbled by a crazy series of injuries, none of which I think are really that reflective of who he is, and a lot of them are just oddball injuries. And I just I want to believe that he's he's ultimately going to make good on the remarkable athleticism he showed that led him to being a second-round pick. He's the Byron Buxton of the NFL. Yeah, that might be it. Well, <laughs> Buxton has proven more than Paris Campbell has barely been on the field long Fair, enough yes. to prove anything. But, man, the upside is there. And last pick of your draft, consider Paris Campbell. I like it. Uh, Michael Pittman is the future, though, and he's going to lead the team in all categories, I believe, this year. From week eight forward last year, he got targeted at least five times in six of the final nine games. He caught at least two balls in every game, was on the field for 83% of the snaps, which I loved. His current ADP for Michael Pittman is the ninth round as wide receiver 39. That's, I don't know, whatever, 12, 13 spots ahead of T.Y. Hilton. I think that's right. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm really intrigued by what he can do in year two. T.Y. Hilton, clearly the third receiver you'd want on this team. And, like, a distant third. Behind Paris Campbell Cam- as well, you think? Oh, huh? yeah. Okay. All right, well, I you and I like you. Campbell a lot more than everybody else. People well, listening right now are Based not on ADP, that. if we're baking in yeah. ADP, without a doubt. But just don't touch T.Y. Wilton. Uh, also, I'm not touching the tight ends. No. Um, even though Carson Wentz grew up feeding Philadelphia's tight ends, you got Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox, and they're going to split time just like last year. That's not Ertz You're, and Goddard. No, it's not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, neither one put up even remotely startable fantasy numbers and were utterly unpredictable last year. So we're not going to even, we're not going to go there. The riskiest player at his current ADP. It's, it's hard to find risk because there's only one player. Get this on the entire Colts roster. One player is going before round nine, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's the only guy I can even list for riskiest at current ADP. And as I said earlier, his dangers are entirely volume-related, not talent-related. The player with the most upside compared to current ADP here, tons of options because everybody's going, everybody else is going round nine or later. Um, I think it's Michael Pittman, who I said is going to lead the team in all the receiving categories. And going off the board at receiver 39 gives you ninth round. You, you know, you've got a lot of upside. I, I Michael love, Pittman. I love the, the idea of targeting Pittman and Campbell in best ball, how cheap you can get them. And Azar, you're going to get the number one receiver for the Colts in any given game in any given week. yeah Yeah. I like that angle that's a that's a nice one now and in you know when you actually got to set your lineup that's a little more of a headache but uh best ball yeah don't worry about it when we come back we will talk through the Tennessee Titans the Jacksonville Jaguars the Titans in flux with the sudden injection of Julio Jones into their lineup Jacksonville in flux across the entire offense (laughs) so we'll tell you about those two teams when we come back to fantasy football weekly This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Segment number two, Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian and Brian Johnson with you. We already broke down Houston and Indianapolis. As we continue going through the AFC South, let's turn our attention to the Tennessee Titans, Brian. And you know, the lead story is Julio Jones, but you know, the lead player is still going to be Derrick Henry. It's certainly going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, Tennessee ran the ball more than 50% of the time last year. It was the third highest clip in the NFL. Mm-hmm. means they ran the ball the uh, 30th most among all teams, yeah. uh, under 50% of the time. And that, that's not that's 50-50, but that's not a, a necessarily a balanced offense. <laughs> not in today's NFL. That's not, not balanced. In today's NFL, a very effective offense, though. They were fourth in yards per game, fourth in points per game. But uh, like you said, it all revolved around Derrick Henry. We're all too familiar with Derrick Henry in the run game. Uh, Henry, still a beast, uh, pretty much in the prime of his career. Titans are returning what is a uh, pretty good offensive line, ranked 14th by Pro Football Focus going into this season, uh, finished 6th in their run-blocking grading system last year, but 25th in pass-blocking. Um, that's probably because uh, left tackle Taylor Luan. Mm-hmm. Is it Luan or Luan? Luan. Luan. Uh, only played 239 snaps. Uh, he missed a good chunk of the season, so yep, that uh, hurt. Tannehill was missing uh, his blindside protection. Um, the only real, but back to uh, King Henry. The only real concern is will they lighten his load after totaling 681 carries over the last, last two years. years? I know that's that part. That is a that's a real concern, and honestly, they probably should. New offensive coordinator Todd Downing would be wise, in my opinion, to dial it back at least a little bit, but. When they dial that back, what are they dialing up? The assumption is Julio Jones. One would think uh, now that uh, Julio Jones is in tow. Um, so th- that Ryan Tannehill's stock has gone way up since yep, that acquisition. It has gone, it's gone um, way up. And by the way, Tannehill, the sixth the most passing touchdowns last year with 33, uh, he finished 18th in pass attempts. Yeah, that's good efficiency right there. Very efficient. He also had seven rushing touchdowns, too. I didn't realize he had that many rushing touchdowns. I I knew he'd have like three, four, maybe five, but he had seven. So 40 total touchdowns last year. And uh, his price tag reflects it right now. Currently QB 12, uh, which is Mm -hmm. quite the honor in these days. As we said, quarterback is ridiculously deep. So to be a top 12 quarterback... That's really saying something. And again, it's a, it's all about the, the the wide receiver room now with A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, of course. And uh, 
Josh Reynolds, I guess, who was yeah. who was something before the uh, the Julio acquisition. But um, sticking with the wide receivers, AJ Brown is my riskiest guy based on ADP for the Titans. Um, Eleven touchdowns last year, over a thousand yards, only 102 targets. Of course, Corey Davis was there, but he's gone, replaced mm-hmm. by Julio Jones. Jonu Smith was there, he's gone. Really, only one tight end. Anthony Ferkster, Anthony, a very popular Fer- sleeper. Ferkster. Yeah. No, no T. Oh, Ferkster. Thank Ferk, you. Sir. No Ferk, worries. Sir. But um, everyone, before Julio was acquired, was A.J. Brown a lock for 150 targets plus easily after only getting barely over 100 last year. That changed drastically when Julio came to town. So what if A.J. Brown doesn't see a huge uptick in targets? What if Tennessee continues to be run heavy, which there's no reason they really shouldn't with an improved defense and uh, even you know more weapons to take the pressure off of Derrick Henry. So the fact that A.J. Brown is going off the board at wide receiver eight, and he um, he's just not a true alpha yet, especially with Julio oh, Jones think, there. He is, he is. He has the making. I think he is. Uh, he, he is, but I don't know if he's going to see more targets than Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. Terry McLaurin, guys going after A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, dynasty-wise, A.J. Brown, wide receiver one, no concerns. But just specifically speaking to 2021. I, I would take him at wide receiver. Wide receiver eight to me is a value for, uh, for A.J. Brown. That's how much I like him. I think Julio is – let's talk Julio for a minute. All right. So, last Who year – is wide receiver 18 right 18, now. and that's almost exactly where I have him ranked. Um, Julio – if he had stayed with the Falcons, would be boring, frustrating, injured, uh, oft injured. Uh, there's a litany of owners that have had him the past few years that have sworn off Julio Jones because, you know, how many times do you have to see him as questionable? How many times are you fretting on Sunday morning whether Julio Jones is going to be playing today and will this play be his last play? And we're just, you know, fed up with that. But you put him in this change of scenery, and all of a sudden he's fascinating, and, and, and people are and people seem to have forgotten all of the frustrations that Julio Jones have. Hall of Fame receiver, and don't get me wrong, when healthy, Julio Jones is a freaking nightmare. But because he's broken down so much, I just I just think people are 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 overly they're overly willing to look past Julio Jones's warts uh, because he's got a fresh start in a new city but those words aren't necessarily any different here than they were before. And Atlanta was as pass happy as any team over the past three, four, five years. And now he goes to the team that's the exact opposite. The volume should be down this year for Julio Jones. I think the move, I think the move, if anything hurts Julio Jones's value, he was my second candidate for uh biggest downside. And I should say AJ Brown doesn't have big downside. I just, I, just, he, I could see him dropping to the wide receiver 12, 15 range, but you're paying wide receiver eight, and that's a very premium price. I don't really like Julio Jones at wide receiver eighteen either, for all the reasons yeah. you just mentioned. They're they're both they're both kind of risky because everyone they're like real shiny new teammate toys mm-hmm. right now. But uh, again, this could be all about Derrick Henry, yeah. like it was the last couple of years. But I love Brown. <laughs> I know you do. I, just, I can't. It, it, I, it, there's, it's tough to find. Maybe irrationally so, but I just I have him was wide receiver three. He was wide receiver one before the Julio Jones trade, and I've begrudgingly moved him down two spots. It's really a, a four man uh, fantasy team from Henry Jones yeah, and Brown Tannehill, and Tannehill. Right? So I, I went with AJ Brown. It was a tough. If tough I category. can I stack <laughs> those four, can I put them all in my roster? But uh, you mentioned Anthony Ferkser. He is my highest upside player. Uh, mm-hmm. People were 
his stock was going way up before the Julio signing. He was essentially yeah. uh, the second wide receiver on that team uh, over Josh Reynolds. And Ferkser had some good games last year, even when Johnny Smith was healthy. And when Johnny was out, he was a, a primary target for Tannehill. So mm-hmm. right now, Ferkser is tight end 27. Wow. Three. Oh. And if something Man. happens to A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Yeah. I've got Ferkster at 17 right yeah. now, uh, um, and, and he was he was higher. I think I had him at 14 before the Julio Jones trade. I still think he, there's a lot there. And remember, Todd Downing, the new offensive coordinator, was the tight end coach. tight end coach, So he knows, he knows what Ferkster's all about. So uh, a great backup, uh, dart throw, tight end, but uh, not as great as Dan Arnold. All right. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Let Brian. us go there. Uh, what has changed? Everything mm-hmm. has changed. Coaches, all new coaches. Urban Meyer makes his NFL debut. The offensive coordinator is Daryl Bevel, uh, which is nice because we do have a long book on Daryl Bevel. We know a lot. We know of what to expect. Bevel was a very run-heavy coach when he was offensive coordinator in Minnesota and at Seattle. But he had Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch, two Hall of Famers. First and, ballot, yeah. Yes, first ballot probably. Well, Peterson for sure. For oh, I hope Marshawn, Marshawn is. He too, probably will be too. Then Detroit brought in Bevel to be their offensive coordinator the past two years. And he did not have an Adrian Peterson or a Marshawn Lynch. And he had a terrible defense that was just giving up tons and tons of points. And he did not have any longer the luxury of running as much. And Bevel ended up ranking over the past two years, 29th and 20th in rushing play percentage. Way down from when he used to be a top five guy with mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. So I, I think we're looking at the same thing with Bevel. He, I think he wants to run when he can, but the Jaguars defense is going to be just as yeah. bad as the Lions defense yeah, I don't was think last he's in the year. Right place for that. So uh, I, you know, this may be a little bit more of a balanced offense under Daryl Bevel. The offensive lines is, is kind of a bummer. The Jaguars return all five starters, which I love continuity on the offensive line, but. They finished 22nd. They ranked 22nd for line play last year by Pro Football Focus. And, I don't know, you bring all those guys back. They put the franchise tag on left tackle Cam Robinson, who was been was a bad – he's had a bad – he was a first-rounder. who's had mostly an underwhelming career until last year, his, mon, his money year. Mm-hmm. And he played at, like, an average NFL level. And out of desperation, they tagged him because I think they didn't want to have to draft a left tackle. And they had plenty of money. So why not just tag him and – kick that can down the road one season on what you're going to do at left tackle. Nothing like a contract year to motivate you to average level status. Correct. <laughs> Jacksonville also drafted Walker Little in the second round this year, but he's a major project project and may not start this season. So the offensive line's a bummer. So just keep that in mind. All other things we're going to talk about. Let's talk Trevor Lawrence. He will be your week one starter. Obviously he is as pro ready as any rookie quarterback since Andrew Luck. The in dynasty Superflex. He's the first overall pick in rookie drafts. Yeah, in my opinion, and even if you don't need a quarterback and you can't trade it immediately, the pick you yeah. still take him. Exactly. You, 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 you got can, that. You can chip. deal him later. You got that arrow in your quill, right? Uh, I like that. Most of you know a lot about Trevor Lawrence because he's performing on a highly visible stage for a long time. But just allow me to reiterate his remarkable abilities: laser arm, incredible football IQ, terrific against the blitz, an NFL level of pocket poise. Better wheels than people think. He can run in four, five, six, seven touchdowns this season. I think, you know, 10 years from now, he's probably not going to be a mobile quarterback, but especially here in these early days, he's got he's got wheels and he can he can run some. He'll be running. 
Jacksonville had the highest passing play percentage last year. Again, all those coaches are gone. Um, and that was with Mike Glennon, Glennon, Gardner Minshew, and Jake Luton. So, you know, th- they were forced into passing by this terrible defense last season. They're going to see a lot of that. Lawrence is going to throw a lot. Volume will be there. Talent is there. He's right now, his ADP is quarterback 15, which I think feels about right for yeah. Trevor Lawrence. People either sort of banking on him as a low-end QB1 or a, a high-end backup, basically, right, right in right. that range. Yep. Uh, let's go to the wideouts. We'll talk about LaVishka Cheneau in a few minutes. DJ Chark is an all-or-nothing producer who's a deep downfield guy. He had that dynamite season two years ago. So three years ago, he did nothing as a rookie. Yeah. Two years ago, explodes on the scene, hundred or 1,000 yards, and came out of nowhere. He had like a 100-yard rookie year and put out a 1,000-yard sophomore season. And then last year, nah. He scored just twice after week four, only managed 700 yards. For he, he, was, he, was, he was dinged up all year long. He was. Like now he gets a big-armed, accurate quarterback, and I think Chark is going to be a fascinating guy with some serious upside because of the deep connection he can have with Trevor Lawrence. His ADP right now is wide receiver 28. That's round seven. He's the first receiver taken among the Jaguars by you fantasy drafters. Marvin Jones has been a steady fantasy producer, but his talent level is clearly behind Chark and Cheneau, and I worry that he's going to have some invisible games, which has always been a problem for him in both Detroit and Cincinnati earlier in his career. Now, in fairness, Marvin Jones always lives up to his ADP. In fact, surpasses his ADP. Nobody ever wants to draft him, and then you got him on your team, and he's like a almost every week starter, and, and more often than not, you get something from him. So right now his ADP is the 12th round. I think he's receiver 71. I didn't write it down, but as I recall, I think he was receiver 71 off the board. That seems pretty good for Marvin Jones. Uh, I'll buy all day at that range for sure. We're not even going to talk about tight ends, including Tim Tebow, because in my (laughs) estimation, they don't have any. Uh, Running backs. Tim Tebow is going to score the first touchdown of the year for the Jaguars. I'm putting it on wax right now. (laughs) I love it. I want to see the props. I love it. (laughs) I don't think he's gonna it's going to be some kind of but, yeah, Taysom so, Hill God, yeah. BS too. It's not even going to be like a you don't think so. He'll a, run it a, in. A, a It'll tight be... end pass pattern. It's, yeah, it's just going to be some slot. Some jet. It'll be like some jet sweep to the tight end. Oh yeah. Uh, James Rob. We're gonna we're gonna circle back to James Robinson in a minute. Let me let's talk Travis Etienne. Amazing burst. So many big highlight plays in college. Shock, shockingly strong. Breaks tackles. Elusive. Good receiver. But probably not a workhorse back. His last 20 carry game was in 2018 for Travis Etienne. Was he in high school? No, but almost. (laughs) Um, The worry is that he's going to fall into this 8-touch game, 10-touch game, 12-touch game, and it's going to be hard to get fantasy value out of that. He's going to be like Reggie Bush. (laughs) That's Yes, that's a great comparison. Reggie Bush was never an ongoing fantasy factor, reliable fantasy factor, because he just didn't get the ball enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's enough to seriously mess with James Robinson, we'll talk yeah. about in a minute. Now, maybe we're wrong, and if, if Etienne could get into the 14, 16, even 18, 18 would be great touch territory, Etienne could be a star. Because he's so talented, and he could reward his owners if you think he's going to get up to that level. He really needs to be active in the passing game week in and week out. Agreed. Four or five catches consistently yes. to really live up to his ADP. Like Reggie Bush needed mm-hmm. that because the carries weren't always there yep. for Reggie Bush. 
that's such a good comparison. I haven't heard anybody else make that, and that's a great one. Let's talk about the riskiest player at his current ADP, and it's James Robinson, uh, running back 22, round four. Uh, he was found money last year, but I don't see a repeat happening. Teams who love their running back and have a need at like every other position like the Jaguars do, don't spend a first-round pick on a running back. ETN's going to factor in enough to chisel away serious value from James Robinson. Now, nobody expects Robinson to account for 86% of the team's rushing attempts again, like he did last year. And if you recall, like through something like week 12, he had all but two of the carries for the team. And it was only at the very end of the year when a few other people got in and got some carries. Um, but the question is, how far down is he going to go? How far James Robinson is going to get less work, but how much less work is it going to be? I think it's going to be a significant amount because ETN is about a grillion times better than James Robinson. Grillion. Grillion. That's a lot. Grillion. Wait. No, isn't it? Hold on. You have a, a grillion? Nine times. It's nine, nine. times. Oh, That's okay. how much a grillion is. Okay. That's a grillion is nine times better than James times. Robinson. Um, one other X factor that I haven't heard anybody say about James Robinson. This all-new coaching staff has no allegiance to James Robinson. They didn't pick him. They spent their first-round pick and their second pick. Urban Meyer spent his second-ever NFL pick on Travis Etienne. You know, no, no allegiance to James Robinson. Best man can just win that job, and if the best man wins that job, it's not James Robinson. Well, last I checked, they were basically right next to each other in ADP, so gun to head, you got to have one around RB25-ish. I'm pretty sure that's where they're at. Who do you want? Most formats, I'm taking Travis Etienne. Now, in a guillotine league format where I, I don't, I don't want to sweat week one, yeah. you know, rookies are always a way more dangerous there, and I don't know if Travis Etienne is as much of a factor in week one as he will be in November and December when he's learned all the nuances of being a third down back, pass catching, the route running, and all the things that will go into that. Good point. Player with the most upside compared to current ADP, not close, LaVishka Cheneau. Current ADP is the 10th round wide receiver, 44. He is the best receiver on the Jaguars. Terrific down the stretch last year. Wowed everybody in minicamp this past month. Chanel looks ready to explode with Trevor Lawrence. You may have forgotten, unless you heard us talking about sophomore receivers a couple of weeks ago on Fantasy Football Weekly, that he scored four times in the final five weeks of last year, and from week 12 forward, he was wide receiver 22, LaVishka Cheneau, catching passes from Jake Luton and Gardner Minshew and Mike Glennon. And now he was wide receiver 22, and he's going off the board as wide receiver 44 right now. And now he's Luton free. He is Luton free. I did forget that. Thank you for reminding me. Keelan Cole, now with the Jets, stole a lot of his work from the slot last year. He's gone, so and he leaves behind 534 snaps from the slot. For LaVishka Cheneau. He has top 12 upside. Cheneau does. If they decide to focus that passing game on his freakish athletic ability. And you know they're going to try to give him a couple carries per game most weeks. And, uh, I and, hope so. and he returns kicks too. Those don't always produce points, but sometimes no, they do. It's sometimes a nice, they do. Some, it's nice to uh, have that option. Yeah, uh, Cheneau's got, I'm, I'm, I love him as to outproduce his wide receiver 44 ADP. Cheneau's fascinating player. Next week, we wrap up the AFC with the trip through the AFC West, Brian. That means um, we get to talk about 
my favorite dark horse team to make the Super Bowl from the AFC, the Los Angeles Chargers. That's uh, that is where I'm at. If I'm making a bet with odds implied, of course, mm-hmm. it they is are the Chargers. thirty to one. They're thirty to one. Right I love now. it, and I would I would parlay it with. Uh, Air Bear, Justin Herbert for MVP, MVP because yeah. if that happens, yep. Air Bear is going to have an MVP type season, and he yeah. certainly is capable. Yeah, yep. Now I look forward you know, to that. You know, they got to get through their own division in the Chiefs, which is no small task. But anything happens to Patrick Mahomes, and that helps pave the way. And you know, if you think back to Week Two, and I probably shouldn't put so much stock in this one game. It's five minutes before kickoff of Week Two. Terod Taylor gets the misinjection from his uh, from mm-hmm. from his coach and gets a collapsed lung or whatever it was. It was and, basically like John Travolta giving Uma Thurman the shot. Uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction. <laughs> 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 and um, and here comes here they are facing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Air Bear comes in cold and nearly beats the Chiefs in that game. It's um it's only one game, small sample size, and remember the Chargers by the way, they won their final four or five games of last year. And and they were a seven-win team and their head coach cost them at least two or three wins by himself, yeah. Anthony Lynn, and he's gone. So, there's a there's a lot to like for those Chargers. Yeah, that's going to be a fun division, the yeah. AFC West. All it, of them. It almost always is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll break that down next week. We thank you. Uh, thank you for listening all the way to the end of a 39-ish minute podcast. And we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st. 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.